a podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Everybody, happy Thursday morning. It's the Tropical MBA Podcast. We're back. I'm here with the boss man, all the way from California. Good sir. What's going on over in the Sunshine State? Hey, man. Nothing much. Just to get my day started over here. Good to hear from you. You sound peppy for the morning, buddy. You having your tea or what's going on over there? Well, you know, a couple things going on. Actually, we're phoning it in this week, and it's because we have a lot of stuff going on. So, Got up early, got up really early every day this week, trying to hammer out some of the things that we're working on. Hopefully we get to talk about more about our business here, Dan, in the near couple shows. It's excruciating. It really is. Like This has been one of the most dynamic and stressful few weeks in a long time. I and mean, we've both been putting in huge hours and we want to bring that stuff to the show. It's just, we can't talk about it now. And it's seemingly all we can talk about when we get on the horn together. I mean, this stuff's really important. And I also think it's really important to produce a great podcast, and I don't just want to kind of whip up something. I honestly felt like last week's show was a little bit, it wasn't good. I didn't like it. I wish we could have done a better job on that because sales is a really important topic. So I think this week we want to bring back a show that we did do a really good job on. It's a show that recorded in July of 2012. And it's about the perils of personal blogging or journey blogging. In fact, the kind of a blogging that a lot of online marketing experts advocate, actively advocate. Like they charge money to tell people this stuff professionally. And I want to, I think this is an important counterpoint that we've brought to the community. And so I want to bring it back for those of you who haven't listened to this episode. Again, it was two years ago. It was the tro- it was the Tropical Talk radio podcast. So a lot of people weren't subscribed to that. There's a lot of new listeners. So for our long-term fans, uh, you know, we appreciate it so much. We mentioned a ton of other podcasts to listen to on last week's episode. So hopefully you can go explore some new shows this week and we can come back strong once we get uh, all this business craziness sorted out. Uh, for those of you who hasn't heard this episode, here's some comments we got on it. Jesus, that was depressing. It was mentioned about this episode. This is literally my all-time favorite podcast you guys have ever done. It should have been uh, on your primary podcast. I don't know why a blogger like you is so hung up on advising people not to blog. And another one of y'all's podcasts that smacks me right in the face. <laughs> so that's what, that's what we're going to replay today. We're also cooking up some question and answer stuff. Ian's like to encourage the podcast listeners, always welcome to call us at 888 888- Five five four eight four two eight. Boss man, we're getting a lot of cold pitches from the audience members, and I gotta say, respect the hustle. I respect respect the hustle. <laughs> Calling the voicemail, dropping the names, <laughs> dropping the URLs. I, I like it. I respect that. Yeah. One other thing, Ian. I just want to say, speaking of sales pitches, I went to uh, the world famous hospital in Thailand last week. I escaped the coup, by the way. I'm in Bali. You can probably hear the Bali jams in the background. That's uh, the Indo Top 40 station. You know, I went to the famous hospital that's like a hotel, and I oh, yeah. put on the gown, and I paid them 550 bucks, and I did like the full comprehensive screening. And it was 
one of those experiences that you just feel like you're doing the right thing in life. You know what I mean? I was like, hey, this is going to be... I was a little bit scared, you know? I don't know what they're going to tell me. So I go through all this. I go on... I EKG They had to, like, put the little suckers on my chest, you know, and I ran on the treadmill, and I... I mean, I did some crazy invasive testing. At the end of the day, I learned basically that I need to exercise more and eat more vegetables. So, there you go. Wow. <laughs> All that, $500, and they told you probably what you already knew. I, I've done that before too, Dan. I, I did it in Bali, and they, they make a nice presentation out of it. You know, they put it in a binder. They tell you, you know, all your different levels. You know, you can do screen for cancer and all this stuff. But I think we've talked about this on the show. I said, you know, what would be really interesting is if you could um, send this information to someone. And I there are places I know that do this in the United States. So send this information to people that can really analyze it and tell you exactly what you should be doing, not just eating more vegetables. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to take the next step. So two reasons I brought it up Ian. Number one, you know, if you're coming through Thailand and you're interested in doing that kind of screening, I thought it was a great experience. I took the first step down the path that you're talking about Ian and I would recommend it to anybody. I mean, it's incredibly affordable. Does anybody need another reason to visit Thailand? There you go. Hey Ian, one final thing. A lot of people have commented on this episode in the past. It was a very popular and somewhat controversial one. A lot of people said, hey, you know, like maybe you guys are just craggy. You guys are benefiting from blogging. Why shouldn't other people? And I agree with that. The idea here is not that it's a warning so much as a challenge to step up your blogging game. We look at guys like John Lee Dumas come to the table with a super strong concept, something that's going to deliver a ton of unique value to the world, and he goes for it and dominates. So there's definitely more opportunity than ever to start a blog. I just want to make sure that people are approaching it from the right angle. And to that end, I can provide some help, Ian. Hidden in the TMBA archives over the past three years, I've written a whole article series about how to make money from blogging. It's free, no opt-in or no $97 required. I'm going to link to all that entire series on this blog post, which will be at tropicalmba.com slash blogging. All right. So what do you say, Ian? You want to get started? Let's roll it. Are you calling me a jerk just before I turn on this this uh, this microphone? That's right. What gives, man? Do tell. Well, here's the deal. I think uh, what we're going to talk about today, uh, or part of what we're going to talk about, is people that want to start personal development blogs... And or follow me on my entrepreneurial journey blogs. Right. Everybody wants to do this. This is like entry-level entrepreneur crap. Everybody, okay. I can understand it too. I just I don't want to be a jerk about it. I understand why people want to write a personal blog that like shows what they're learning. I did it too. I didn't publish it, but I did it at the beginning, and I'm really glad I didn't publish it. Right. The number one question I get when I say to people, don't do this, is they say, what if I want to do this as just as a way to network with other people? And that if I don't care if it makes me any money. And I don't believe it's a straw man argument to sort of really detail out the ways in which you, why you shouldn't do this. Because it's, it's such a huge way that people want to spend their time. And I actually do think it hurts. I don't think it's just like a, um, you know, oh, whoopsie. I, I, you know, instead of going swimming in the afternoon, I wrote a blog post. Like I do think that people start to make this conflation between their personal blog, and what their eventual business will be. All right. So, you know, I come to you and I say, I want to start a personal development blog. I want to chart 
the journey of entrepreneurship. And I say, look, I don't care if I want to make any money from it. Like this is like a self-interest that I have. This is purely like a, an interest. This is like me painting in the afternoons. Okay. The reason I don't like it is because nine times out of ten, these people are like what they're expressing is the amateur interest that we all have is like this basic level of like recognition and self-expression and like wake up in the morning and like type out whatever comes to my mind kind of thing. And that's not what a professional does. And what happens is, is that you start to get, I see this happen so often. This is why I'm so passionate about it. You start to get feedback on that. You don't get feedback on your professional pursuits because what pros do is they go away for a year and they build skills and then they come back and boom, they're making money and they're making the lifestyle happen. And then they can write whatever the crap they want to do. That's what we do. And I know this is pot kettle black, right? Because I turn on the microphone three times a week and I talk about entrepreneurship. But guess what I was doing for the last five years? Hiding in a hiding in a in a, in a, in a hot steamy room serving customers, right? right? So it's a luxury. It's that Lexus thing. I can come back and I can buy the Lexus now, which is the personal blog. Look at me. Please know who I am, right? Because I went and I did something, and that's the whole other point, Ian. So I'm I'm concerned about. It gives you all the wrong kinds of feedback for amateur pursuits. You see, this is what people call when they call the echo chamber online. Is everybody's like rah rah? Oh yeah, it's so good that you like put up another AdSense site. It's so good that like you know you blah blah blah. It's so good. We're so happy for you. Comment, comment, tweet, tweet, and like that's what drives you. Then it's a bunch of amateurs freaking patting each other on the back and getting nothing done. That right. drives me crazy, and you don't want to get into that ball game. Number two. Well, first of all, I think the reason you don't want to get in the ball game, or the point that you're trying to make here, is that that is going to that is going to hinder your ability to spend a lot of time on your business. Yes. Now, I think these people are still going to argue, "Hey, man, look, I spend 12 hours a day on my business. I just want to spend 30 minutes a day on this rah 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 blog." Doesn't work like that because blog posts take longer than 30 minutes to write. This is a weird thing that I uh, I found out after having become a blogger. And here's another thing that's even crazier about blogging is that it takes the wrong kind of energy. It takes the strong, it takes the sweet glucose, man, to write a blog post. And that's creative energy that you could be dumping into. I'm talking entrepreneurs here. Like if you want to wake up in the morning and you want to write a blog post and like keep and whatever, like that's fine. But if you succumb to that like easy out, like yes, I just want to express myself and be accountable online and quote network with people, fine. That to me is not eye of the tiger. And I, I want to help train professionals, people who are delivering the bomb shiz. And anyway, ask yourself as a professional entrepreneur, does the world need another personal accountability blog out there? I don't read any, so. Right. Well, you're not, are you going to pay? I mean, that's the whole thing. Right. You know, Steve Pavlina already exists, man. Just link to him. Start a blog under your domain and just link to Steve Pavlina. Right. He's done it all. Here's the other thing that I think this is really important that people don't, don't quite understand. Networking, first off, if you just want to network with people, like join a dynamite circle or something. You don't need to freaking write a blog to network. But the other thing is, is that like the kind of network that you're gonna that you're gonna be doing as an amateur blogger is you're gonna have a broad range of superficial relationships. Yeah, like uh, I remember a couple of years ago we went to the uh, we went to like the San Diego blogger meetup. What a disaster! That was. <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it was a disaster. So you go there and like everybody's got, you know, their little – a lot of them are like personal development self-interest blogs, you know, and they, they show up and 
you have nothing in common with these people because they're just talking about their self-interest. So it's just like any other party. You go to the party, you talk to the girl, she's talking about herself, you're talking about yourself. I mean, it, you, there's no common ground. Like, yeah, we're all bloggers. Yeah, I signed up for a blogger account. Congratulations, right? Well, yeah, and that's my whole point that – and this is one point here. Networking is a multiplier. So it's like – if you don't have, if you're a zero, you multiply that by meeting Donald Trump or anybody. You're still a zero, right? Exactly. And and it, like it doesn't help to know who somebody is or to have their contact if you've got nothing going on. And the best strategy for networking is to do great work. Everybody wants to meet and network and help out and get to know the people who are doing great work. So my advice so far, actually, now that we're talking about this. Uh, is probably to start a blog or at least start a discussion or start sharing your opinions about your business. I think you're probably going to meet a lot more like-minded people than you would if you start telling them about what you did on the weekends. Well, yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. If you've got unique sort of knowledge from your business, absolutely put that into a blog post. That's what I mean by bringing something to the table, doing some real work. I mean, it's a great way to market your business if your business generates unique knowledge in the world. You know, you look at like OkCupid, the way they blog about their business. A lot of startup founders do this. Fair enough. Like SEO Moz is a great example of that. They have unique proprietary data that doesn't exist anywhere else. They put it on their blog. They, you know, they gather that information. That, to me, is baller. I'm totally into that. All right, so... I'm trying to think of what else. Okay, here's one other point. Here's the thing about, you know, I feel like this is easy out. Like, because it's very cheap to develop a good premise. So if you come to me with, like, a great premise for a blog, like, go to the drawing board and come up with something decent, right? Don't just tell me, like, I want to roll out of bed and just write, you know, about my journey or whatever. It's like, come on, man. Like, do better than that. And here's the best thing. It's a lot cheaper to address the problem at the premise, at the conception, than it is to address it a year later when you've been blogging in another world, hoping to make income on affiliate networking. And then here's the worst part is you've got some traction. And so what you do is these like weird twists where you try to like monetize your audience. How many times have you seen this where somebody's like, you know, doing this kind of entre producto-ish blogging, and then all of a sudden they come out with this awkward freaking product, you know, this like weird stepchild, like, well, I kind of want you to pay me to like be a part of my whatever, you know, and it's like, what if you just would have spent a year making a great product? You'd have so much more clout, you'd have such a better platform to write a personal blog from, and you would have done something of real value in the world, rather than trying to convince all of your, you know, rah-rah readers into some ebook project that's not really going to be sustainable right so i to me i mean one, i was talking to a really cool reader the other night his name was george nice guy and we were talking a lot about this and i know i was just you know probably being a little bit too harsh on him but i think the one thing that he said that was meaningful to him is this just this distinction between being a pro and being an amateur and this blogging thing can really be a mirror to yourself like if you just want to do the blog for yourself I ask you, dear startup entrepreneur, can you really afford to serve yourself in that way right now when you're starting at scratch? You have so few resources. Don't waste them. Don't waste them. Funnel them in to serving your craft, serving your market, and become a pro. Then people are going to want to hear from you. You can start a podcast if you want. You can start a blog if you want to turn around and teach people because I don't want to be a pot kettle black here guy. It's obviously an amazing thing to work with entrepreneurs. It's obviously very lucrative. It's, I mean, all those things are great, but you got to have some chops, you know? 
people, I think one of the things that people don't see because they hear guys like Ian and myself and like countless others who are, are st- stuck it out, they're in the game. They don't see the, like the hundreds of people that just didn't make it. And it's all about premise. You know, our premise, Ian, when we started the podcast, our premise was we would be the guys that are doing lifestyle design, like traveling the world while we worked with a hard goods business. Right. We're actually talking a lot when our first business started about our business. We would get on the mics every day, or I should say every week, and we would talk about kind of what happened during the week, the lessons we learned, things like that. I mean, we're talking about our business. And then we started to talk about business ideas and things like that. That to me is a premise. And it's worth noting that, um, you know, ultimately the Lifestyle Business Podcast ended up being successful in terms of being a business. But Starting from scratch, the Outsource of the Philippines podcast is a much better conception, much more profitable out the gate. It's a lot harder to get people into things like productivity and business because they're not focused and they're not clear. Outsourcing, on the other hand, it's a lot easier to monetize that. So, of course, that's the the focus issue. But Ian and I, we're fat cats, right? We could sit back and we could afford to do some big, broad branding project or whatever. And here was our premise, just to share this with you. And this is the level that you got to be at, I think. We were saying at the time we were making 35 grand a month in top line revenue. We were traveling and we had a hard goods business. And we thought if we share this format with people, that's going to work at least. It's going to be worth doing, right? It's going to get traction. How long did it take to get traction? Two years. Jesus, it took forever. I remember, I mean, it wasn't so long ago that you were just, you know, barking at me like, what are we doing with this thing? We're spending so much time on this. And, and, you know, it's not even clear if it's going to be a business, you know, and it was fun and everything like that. But the point is, is that we had we had the best trainers in our in our I mean, you can't hardly make up a better premise. Right. And it still took us, uh, you know, so long to get traction. And that's that's my experience. That's what I'm this black pot is coming to everybody else and telling them it's really hard game and it's a really lucrative game. Right. The hard games are more lucrative generally. Yeah. I you know. So my whole deal is talk about business. That's that's what I want to hear about. I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs want to hear about is business. Now, there is an exception. If you are a person... Well, wait, 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 wait. Let's be clear here. If you're just starting out, I don't want you to talk about business. No, no, no. Please, first, please spare first, me. First you do business and then you talk there about business. There we go. <laughs> so, but here, this is my point here, right? If you want to talk about personal development, you should be some kind of... Uh, therapist, counselor, something like that for several years before you're talking about personal development, right? Like, why should I listen to you necessarily? I mean, why should I listen to anybody? Well, but you got to paint me a pretty picture yeah, about should, why I should be listening to you. That's it. That's right? the premise. You don't have to have some kind of degree. Maybe what you did was you did some insane, deeply focused experiment, like yeah, Tim Ferriss. Yeah, or there's this guy, they're writing a, a Disney movie about him. He like uh, His wife left him, he sold his house, and then he on eBay or whatever it was that Disney's bought the rights to this guy's crazy life. He's been jeez, li- li- he's been leading this crazy life for four years. Yeah, I want to talk to this guy about personal development. How did you overcome some of those hurdles? I don't want to talk to you about personal development if you're sitting in a <laughs> in your Los Angeles apartment and you just got out of college. I'm not interested. <laughs> I think that's exactly it. So that what we're talking about premise. I mean Go to people and say, look at my premise. Is this something that is – compare yourself with Steve Pavlina. You know, that's what's out there and, and figure out whether or not you can differentiate yourself. It, this is the same reason that a lot of people have problems taking advice from financial planners that just got out of school last year. Some guy with $5 <laughs> in his bank accounts trying to tell me what to do with my hundred grand or my now, million dollars, right? I, I mean, don't want to – 
I don't want to come across the guy who says, if you're just getting out, you can do that kind of thing. But you have to have what we call a really strong anchor. And whether that's like you have to anchor yourself in experiments, in some kind of data-driven approach, whether that's some kind of concept like psychology, right? So you you don't have to like the, – the message here is you can start blogging right out of the gate, but you have to have a great concept. For example, like I don't know his whole story, but uh, it, it seems pretty compelling. Uh, Ramit – uh, I'm not sure exactly, and I haven't done a lot of research. I'm not sure exactly what his business was before he started uh, launching these yes. uh, information products, but I do know that he w- majored in psychology and he cites that uh, a lot of times. So that's kind of his premise, as I understand it. I don't, I don't think he had a business necessarily. Yeah, and the cool thing of that, that using Ramit as an example is that it doesn't matter at this point because he's done such a great job of anchoring his stuff. In great work. I mean, examples of that are Tony Robbins, Chris Gillibo, John Chow. Like these guys, they had really clear anchors. Like with Gillibo, it's like I'm a traveler and I'm a writer and I'm going to every freaking country in the world. Okay, how's that for a premise? Do you think I should start a blog? Yeah, and on the other hand, right, you've got guys like on on the other side of the spectrum, you've got guys like Gary V that worked in a wine store for yeah. seven years building a business before he started, you know, talking to people and getting speaking gigs. You got guys like Tony Wright that started Zappos, and then oh uh, yeah, I guess I guess the world's kind of interested in how I started this hundred million dollar company. Maybe I should talk about it. Yeah, Tony, I'm going to be interested in what you have to say. It's kind of interesting because it brings me back like when you hear Gary talk. Like some people say, oh yeah, Gary, you know, like your dad gave you a business, whatever, but. Who cares? Because you want to hear from somebody who's had that kind of daily conditioning. Like they've been. In, some people ask us, "How do you guys come up with content? Like, how do you guys generate content?" And stuff. Like, Jesus, what do you mean generate content? We just turn on the mic. We've been talking about this stuff for five years. I mean, this is just five extra minutes. It's not a big deal. And I think that maybe you take that as a message. Like, if you're doing the hard work, the content should just flow right out of you. In the case of outsource the Philippines, I was not an expert at that at all. But I went to the Philippines. You know what I mean? And I I was immersed in that stuff every day. At that point when you're doing outlandish or like the sort of outlier you're running those online experiments you're you know you know this is doing something that's unique this isn't just calling up the next you know i I love it you know when new bloggers like write me and they want to interview me and stuff and i just kind of think like really like this is your game plan you know to do that that's not a great doesn't andrew warner do this right and how long did Andrew Warner probably go before he could even monetize that? And could he even monetize that if he didn't have that track record of selling his business for 30 mil, doing it every single day because he didn't have a job for two years and all that kind of stuff? And, and, and then your premise is to be three or four years late behind Mixergy with less experience and less connections. That's the plan. Right. That's the podcast. Thank you for joining us on Tropical Talk Radio. We're in Bangkok. we got to do some traveling. Next week, we're going to do it from Tropical Island. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern.